how should we start this? Just like a welcome. I think. Hi, yeah. this is like, I'm going to call it, it's our Tuesday talks, just because it's Tuesday, Tuesday and we're having a talk. And um, you said to kind of just go with what's in your heart. And naturally, I'm still in grief. So I think that one might be a good starting topic. What do you think? I think that's great. I think everybody can relate. That's definitely something we have all experienced to some degree. So who doesn't know grief? Oh, should, should we like introduce ourselves? Uh, I think it's already there. We are humans discussing topics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's all that it is. Like hopefully, like we said, our intention is this is to just, you know, hopefully somebody gets something out of it and helps kind of ease them and whatever they're going through yeah. and kind of just gives them some clarity or whatever. That's right. We got something out of it. Now we're just being our change. <laughs> true that, true that, true that. So with grief, the best quote that I heard, and I think I heard it earlier today or like late last night was just like, okay, you have to be thankful. You have to show gratitude for grief because it means that you have loved and you have loved deeply. And that to me was like, whoa, like it kind of really took me back because I was just like grief especially in the moment, it could feel like the worst thing in the world. It feels like a burden. It feels, you know, gross and icky and uncomfortable. And all you want to do is kind of hide from it. But there is, there's, for me anyways, there's pride in knowing that you love something so much that, you know, you're grieving a person. And um, yeah, it was, it, it was kind of just, it was kind of like the beginning of me kind of no longer hating the grief if that makes sense right it does yeah that's does good. that 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 makes sense. i feel that for sure i definitely feel that because i mean to feel those extremes of emotions to have love so hard right that's what it took to feel the grief so you couldn't feel the grief the way you did if you didn't love that hard so i absolutely feel your words when you say that see that's the weirdest thing because i would think like especially when you're well for me when i was younger and I don't want to say like my feelings were more shallow, but I'll okay, I'll never forget this. I had this Walkman or this MP3 player, excuse me, that especially mm -hmm. at the time, like these things were like expensive and like it meant so much to me. And I'll never forget the day that I thought that I lost it. I still remember it clearly because I was walking around in a shopper's drug mart mm. and I was just sulking. And my mom really had to check me because she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's something that you could replace. And I'm like, no, you don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you, you know, you don't know what, like, I'm grieving, like, every, my entire life, all my songs, my entire playlist, yeah. my heart is in that thing. Your emotions, your, you put yourself into that object. Absolutely. I, and that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like, you know, you wouldn't say that if my, like, if I left my finger somewhere, like, you'd have more <laughs> empathy. And it was just like, I remember specifically grieving in that point, thinking that, you know, the end of my world, quote unquote, was in that moment of me losing it. So then when it, I actually ended up finding it back, I was like the happiest person in the world. And like that to me, like that was one time where I remember, I think maybe that was my, I want to say maybe my first big experience with grief. So now for me to come and then feel something like this, which is nothing compared to that. But I could see yeah, how back then that lesson. wasn't, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. 
And, and I also, I, wow, I think that's really powerful, the story of, of the Walkman, because it just shows how that's where the suffering lies. Your suffering and your grief was because over-identifying with the object, right? So <laughs> exactly. it was an object and you, and you had put so much, you were so like attached to that. You didn't see a difference between yourself and that object. That was a part of you, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we can understand how I mean, with, with the mindfulness training and all the things, you know, all the things we've experienced, the different ways this can come about, right? Um, when we have that space and we notice that we've become too attached to a thing. Now that's easy to do with an object, but now we're talking, we're talking people, we're talking people we love and, and have put, you know, our emotion and love into. It's a different, that's different, right? Right. Because what I learned is just like, it's, it, it's that space, right? Where something that you had and something that you're used to, there's a space now and now you're forced to be separate. And, you know, to somebody who's younger, somebody like, even for myself, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like at that time, that in that gap was the worst, like that was just, you know, death that felt gross. That was just something that was just overwhelming to the fact that like, you know, for me to, you know, want to fight my, like not actually fight my mom, but to, for me to want to argue back and be like, you know, you don't know what I'm feeling. I mean, I'm justified in those experiences, but now, even with now today, I'm just like, you know, it's that gap of me not seeing him again. And when you kind of fall into that, what, what is left there? Mm -hmm. And then for me, it was just like, oh, when you get to the bottom of that feeling, it's just a pool of love. You know, it's just like, and when you actually think about it or when you actually feel it, forget even thinking about it, when you feel it, yeah. I don't care if he's no longer on this earth, wherever he is in this universe, I still feel that love. Like, I don't think anything is gonna, you know, push that away. And in that moment, yeah, I was able to kind of breathe a new breath and that, yeah, that was amazing. But like I said, I'm still like, I, you only get that for like, you know, about five seconds and you go back to like, you know, anger and all the other icky stuff that yeah, comes with it. Yeah. But there is something that, like I said, I've, I've been changed since I heard that quote. And um, I guess I'm thankful for it as rough as it still continues to feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's still just building on those moments, you know, those moments of peace, just building on them and, and being with those other emotions. I mean, you know, you're just, you're speaking so objectively, you know, you're being with those emotions. So, mm. which was, oh yeah. my God, that was hard at one point. Well, that still, was so hard. Moment it's by still... moment. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> moment by moment. Yeah. Not even moment day by, by day. Moment. Sometimes it is just moment by moment. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it's just being okay with knowing like, you know what, I'm not going to feel okay 100% of the time. Yeah, that's all right. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to be, you know, all wow. the emotions in between. But it's like, where do you come back? And when, you know, you get a second or a moment of clarity and what do you do with it? Where does it lead you next? Mm. That's true because the opposite. So I was speaking with somebody this morning, the opposite um, of what can happen is you box yourself in. She doesn't see choices anymore. This is happening because of this, because of this, all her emotions are coming up and she doesn't give herself space, you know, to see the difference between her and what's going on around her. So she's so caught up 
right? So now she is so boxed in and thinks she has no choices, that there are no options. It does just, you know, and then that's, that's what leads to sometimes for, well, in that particular case, it's anxiety and depression, right? To just slowly realize these are choices. This moment I'm making this choice, you know, I don't need to take on anything not necessary in this moment, just to, you know, take on as much as I can and, and keep checking in with myself and checking in with ourselves first, because that's where the self-compassion, you know, for yourself first. And she's now worrying about other people. Well, there's no no space for that yet, right? Mm. Yeah, no, so. that's so true. That is so true. It's crazy how, like you said it again, like space is such that, it's such a tricky thing, right? For me, I grew up like, you know, educated in this system. And when I think back to all my years of schooling, how little was actually spent learning about space and how much, you know, had I even had the language going back then, how like, how much more awareness I would have had and how much less suffering I probably would have endured. So it's crazy because like you said, like if you don't create that space or if you can't see that space, everything is you and you are everything. But consequently, like in that space is where, you know, is like, that's where the freedom is. That's where the love is. That's where the joy is. That's where, you know, everything that you're seeking is. Does that make sense? Yes, that does. Okay. <laughs> I feel it too. When you have those just moments and then that's what you, that's what you build on. Yeah. That's a daily yeah. thing. That's a daily thing for everybody. Right. So tell me about you. Where did you, where was your first, what was your first um, experience with grief and what was the lessons that you gleaned from it? My first experience with grief. Well, that's interesting. I have to think of what comes up. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I lost my grandfather young, if we're going to think of a passing. So I was around six years old. So, and at the time I was living with my grandparents um, and my mother lived in the basement apartment. Um, yeah, so that was, I wasn't allowed to feel that grief of losing my grandfather. So yeah, that was uh, quite a journey to get to um, accepting, to, to identifying grief actually yeah. would, be, would be even, I mean, my emotions, I, I would have considered it over and emotional at the time. Um, for a six-year-old? Uh, yeah, for how I was, they would have considered me over emotional. And um, yeah, I was, I was not supposed to, th there were circumstances around why, but more, so that's not even necessarily important. What I find really interesting is when I had to think about that, I had to, I know what grief is now. I understand the label of grief now, but back then I'm thinking back when I first experienced it, I wouldn't have even known what it was. I was just wild with emotion all the time and, and not even realizing it or aware, almost never having any space between, you know, what I was experiencing and, and the emotions. Yeah. So that would Yeah. But is that because of your age? Cause I mean, six, to be honest, I don't even, I don't remember myself at six. So oh. I can only imagine to be dealing with such a huge emotion, like, yeah, I like have. my heart goes out to the six-year-old Sherry, you know? Yeah. So I did a lot of that for sure. Um, going back and if a scenario comes up, um, picturing myself, how I am now, um, speaking to my younger self. 
So I would go to myself at that age, and I would give her what she needs. So she needed to grieve. So I could cry and grieve with that child now, you know, and, and what would I do for a child that was grieving for a lost, you know, grandparent, I would hold that child, I would say, you know, let it out, feel it, you know, notice what you're feeling. So I can do that for myself. Now I can go back. And that is one technique that you can use um, to recognize, you know, your emotions and, and to go back and, and ease how how strongly attached I was to if that did keep coming up, right? If that scenario did keep coming up. So that's how I would, uh, yeah, handle it now. <laughs> wow, thank you for sharing that. Because I yeah, forget certainly. like, that's such a powerful exercise, you know, to go back and give yourself exactly what you need. And you, sorry, you said um, you, you wouldn't even be able to recognize it. Like, do you remember how it kind of manifested? Um, like, was it anger? Was it just that like- That was all of it. It was every emotion. I, I was, you know, every emotion. I, I could laugh and cry and, you know, I, I injured myself. I, you know, just acted out to everybody. Oh yeah. It was, a, it was always to the like extreme. Um, even at the funeral, I mean, luckily there was, um, luckily there was attention taken off me at the time, but I had uh, made a bit of a spectacle at the funeral, but luckily there was, uh, other people making more of a spectacle than I was. So it was downplayed, but I do remember it though. It is a, in my memory that I had behaved that way. And, you know, cause just confused, I couldn't understand the, the change in his energy, you know, what, how I visualized him, how I saw him, um, I couldn't understand the difference. So there was no understanding in what had even happened for a fair bit afterwards. I still kept assuming I would see him again. So there was just no, yeah. So, so at the time there was just going to be no catharsis there for, for that child, you know, she, so that was just like the first experience of grief. And then as I built on my experiences of, of circumstances, I hadn't, it was almost like Christmas lights that are all tangled up. I hadn't untangled any of the emotions or any of the things I'd seen or felt. I just kept building upon it and tangling everything up uh, for a lot of years. So that's why when I think back to the stories, um, when I pull the story off the shelf and read the story to you, sometimes I'm not even sure like what I was feeling at the time because it was everything. So, mm -hmm. but um no, like that, that I like the, your story about like the Christmas lights and how like they're tangled. Cause that paints like <laughs> such a huge picture. Cause emotions are complicated. Like we just have to accept that, you know, and there is no rule book on how to deal with emotions. And something with grief is that one thing like, I had to learn in this moment is that grief comes to everybody around you too, right? Like we're so interconnected and things don't happen to us individually in a vacuum, right? Like mm. you're grieving and it's one thing, like the first step is even knowing that you're grieving. But the second thing is how do you navigate that? And when the people around you are also wrapped up in their own stuff, in a sense, that could be so alienating and that can even just add more to the confusion. So it's, I mean, the collective I, I really trauma, like it's collective it's suffering. Yeah. Collective suffering. Poof. Yeah. And then it, like I said, it just, it just adds one on top of the other. And then you now have to get aware enough to kind of start to, you know, untangle those Christmas right. lights yeah. and anybody who's done that, no, that can take hours. That yeah. can take years. That could take, you know, some people get so frustrated. They're like, you know what? We'll just buy new ones. 
exactly there's so many ways to get to the same healing that's the whole point to not there is not only one way right there are just so many ways so i could look at that string of lights now i would not spend the time to untangle it i do not need to know every <laughs> light bulb that works i don't want to you know play with each strand like not at all you know i i've I've already restrung a new set and they're already working great, right? That's how I would see it. The job would be done because I wouldn't hold on to things now. So I don't build upon uh, upon things. When you give yourself space and you notice, you decide if you're going to build upon something or not, right? So what we're building upon here when we have these conversations, this is the stuff I want to build upon. I'll be thinking about these things later. And th these are the thoughts that I want and the emotions I want to come up, right? Got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, my I, my bad. I should have probably given you a heads up before I asked them that. No, this is better. This is so much better because if I prepare myself, right, then I'm going to be looking at notes or trying to, you know, fit a certain thing. This is better. If we speak freely, let it just come up and it will be what it'll be. <laughs> right. and, and feel free to be like, hey, I'm not, I don't even want to think about that. Like, just like, you know, let's just. Yeah, if on. that comes up, I'll let you know, but probably not too much of a concern Chandra, okay. honestly cool, what cool. triggers me anymore <laughs> well i mean sometimes i'd be interested never know. though yeah but then that would i would be curious about that experience too so <laughs> okay cool. cool cool so um sorry you also mentioned how now like things obviously like we grow you know we become more aware and now like if you can recognize grief how it manifests for you now right recently if you come into it again like do you kind of have like a certain go-to does that make sense yeah um i guess so so now i guess i don't label it as grief anymore it wouldn't be the same thing i wouldn't put such a harsh judgment on my emotions i would just be with them and notice moment to moment how I would be changing, like how I would be feeling. So just noticing, right? So so um, when a trauma happened in the neighborhood a while ago, um, um, well, how did I handle that? So people were grieving around me and I felt it and I was also grieving, but I didn't grieve in the same way. I just felt, you know, for where, what was, where was I useful? What could I do? You know, was there anything useful to do in the moment? If not, you know, I can just be with these emotions, just be with these people. So yeah, I think it's just a whole different perspective now to just not labeling it or judging it as grief. Ah, okay. Which is, you know what, for myself, hmm. Okay. So for me personally, for a long time, I didn't, my biggest issue was that I didn't know what emotions were. Like, I didn't know there was something other than anger. You get what I'm saying? Or like sadness. So all these other, you know, grief, I was like, like, oh, you're sad, right? So it's just like, for me, there's freedom in knowing, oh no, this is, you know, this is where you're at, you're at grief. And then for me, I'm able to be like, oh my God, if I'm grieving, I know I can go back and kind of like, you know, give myself a hug and be patient with myself because I'm having this extremely human experience that's going to need, you know, time or space or both. So wh when you say judgment, what exactly, like, can you, can you kind of explain that to me more? Like uh, you said harsh judgment. So what does that mean from you? 
that that means so so when we so for myself personally when i label my emotions like i i don't want to necessarily put them in a box where it's this emotion it's a specific way and this is okay, how okay. i react yeah so okay. i just feel like sometimes um for myself how i used to do that that's how i used to start to notice what i was feeling i would i would judge what each emotion was right okay i feel really angry right now but i'm not angry i'm frustrated i'm sad and i'm hurt because this happen and then i kind of see okay so these were this was the arc of those emotions but that's just not how it comes up for me anymore now i would just be like you know what am i feeling right now right now i'm feeling excited i've got you know things going on in the background like i'm always trying to stay in the now and not label the emotions other than what i'm feeling so it's hard to explain it so i feel like the labels give it judgment and then pre previous experiences that we've built upon it then build upon the judgment okay so essentially like it'd be almost like a half-packed suitcase when you call it something you know there's already clothes in there and then like for you to add more to it isn't necessarily doing you any good right right does that make sense okay yeah, the same shirt fair with enough. the same label on top of yeah Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Thank you. Wow. I don't think I'm there. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I think I'm there's not so there many yet, ways but... though. I think you are there. You're there in your own way though. Like you have the space, you speak objectively. I think we speak the same language. We just come about it a little different, which is awesome because that's relatable for different people. So. Oh, wow. That's powerful. Thank you for noticing that. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, like, oh my gosh. See, and that's the thing with language, right? is that oh. we can use the same words and mean two completely different things and oh, that's absolutely. beautiful and that can be horrendous and and you know we were speaking about that earlier like children are not taught the power of words and that you know my like i mean my gosh we were talking about can you imagine a school where where that children were taught that you know the power of words and what what everything you know feels like you know, feel these emotions. What does that feel like? Can you imagine doing the what do you notice in school every day? I mean, <laughs> wow. No, I'm I'm sorry. Like that blows my mind. Just how powerful even like that's one question. You get what I'm saying? One question that essentially would change the course of a child's day. Right. What are you feeling right now? Because imagine now if the child, you know, learns or even in their own words or if they draw a picture or if they, you know, even use like yeah. a swear word, like that yeah. is telling you yeah. volumes. And now, like you said, like essentially that's a bridge because now you don't have yeah. to, you can't just use your mind and just project onto that child, right? You really give them like that. Oh my God. <laughs> I hope you start working with schools. I hope you invent your own <laughs> school one day and start your own curriculum and start teaching. Well, let's do it. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would be fire. That would be so fire. Oh my gosh. We do anything and we do it all, right? <laughs> anything and everything. I mean, you have That's one it. life, you know? One life. So you got to do it all. Oh my God. And even if we had many, I'm still going to use this life. <laughs> Every <I> experience. Mean, <laughs> for me, I was just like, I, I love when i say like listen you have one life do i really know no who knows <laughs> but for me it's just like oh you know what like yeah even through grief like grief has shown me something as simple oh my gosh and like it, it's kind of like sad but like i got this outfit that i really wanted to see um like my nephew in 
And one thing, especially when you're shopping for kids is like, you always want to get the next size up because they're going to grow into it. Right. And then just knowing that like he, I, I would never be able to see him in that outfit. And it was like my absolute favorite all because I was, you know, saving it. And that seems like ridiculous, right? We do it all the time. Like even in my family, like, you know, special China for like Christmas time and special yeah. dishes and special clothing and special, you know, even with me and like candles, like the thought of it is so ridiculous. Like how can you, like this moment right now is everything. And it might be, you know, your last moment on this earth in this form and for you to treat it as something other than special that it doesn't you know deserve your absolute best you know of everything yeah I, it, it just it really made me reflect and look at life in a way that i've never you know been forced to look at life when so essentially you know grief has been my best teacher and my also most hated teacher, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. That, that just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Well, that's, a, I mean, people say that to me all the time, that, that maybe I only have one emotion. Am I only ever happy? So I'm happy in this moment now. I just don't hang on to those other moments. I just don't hang on to the other emotions. So, of course, I feel a full range of emotions. I'm a human. I feel all the emotions. But, but yeah, I, I just seem happy a lot because I'm, I'm choosing that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm choosing that because that's what I feel right now. This to me is the best moment. I'm having, this is so much fun. I, I love this moment with you right now. This is wonderful, right? Yeah. I appreciate I really that. I feel that, you know, I love our connection, our conversations. They always inspire me. I'm always, you know, thinking on them later. It's great. So yeah, I really feel that I'm happy right now because this moment's great. <laughs> Yeah, I think emotionally, like I just tripped up one of my wires and like, I need to, I need to chill out right now. You know, I really need to just sit with some, I need to just give myself a moment. This was good. This was But great. I really, really appreciate you joining me and sharing, you know, your whole journey with me. Um, I highly doubt this will be our last discussion or our talk <laughs> on grief, but thank right. you so much for just holding this moment with me. I really appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Talk All right. Later. Bye. Bye.